Hello everybody and welcome, all thanks to LD Mobile, this right around the country is NBL Overtime, you can get involved, hashtag NBL Overtime, in particular the Red Army has the Wildcats, and we are only into our third season when it comes to NBL Overtime, but if we did it any time over the last 12 years, this is how I would open a show, nine times out of 12 into grand final week. It is a remarkable situation, they're a remarkable franchise, they're a remarkable team, and so much of today will be about... Perth, and then we'll find out in a couple of hours' time who they're going to play. Hello, buddy. Homicide in the house. What's going on? Uh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. It's, 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 it's grand final week officially, even though we're one opponent only down. You excited? I'm feeling remarkable. Okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just making sure you got some space. We'll get to that shortly. <laughs> Liam Santamaria, hello to you. Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, good, man. You ex- I know you're excited. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah. I'm just amazed at what this team's been able to do. I mean... Perth Wildcats are in the grand final. They don't even have Bryce Cotton no. right now. This is just an unbelievable organisation. Down 1-0 in the semi-final series, and yet they're in there. Incredible. A remarkable effort. Keeping in mind that Mitch Norton obviously injured in game two, so they went on the road without Mitch Norton essentially for so much of it. But he was there last night, and they were huge. We're seemingly in cruise control at halftime. And then, of course, Brian Gorgian, well, he said whatever Brian Gorgian says... And they come out and played a huge third quarter. Let's go back to game two because this is really where it started. Up on the road, down a game, and in the end, they do what they do. This was a, an enormous win. A quintessential Wildcats win because their backs were against the wall. And um, that were, they were gone. I mean, mm-hmm. no Bryce Cotton. We know Mitch Norton out, injured. They don't have their, their backcourt on the floor. And they're down five midway through the third quarter. From that point on, they had no right winning this game, and yet they toughed it out. They dominated, really, from that point on and got it to a game three. And um, then in front of the Red Army, as you say, big first half, they withstood the barnstorming run from the Hawks in that third quarter. And on the back of an heroic performance from Mitch Norton, outstanding shooting display from Todd Blanchfield in that first half, this incredible organisation got the job done. And this play here got me hyped in my lounge room last night. Unbelievable what that kid's been able to do. And the Wildcats have done it again. I just on that, I love how that worked out earlier in the game where Trevor Gleeson said to Luke Travers, you've got Harvey there who's on four fouls, mm-hmm. go up and dunk it on him when he missed an opportunity. And essentially it seals a grand final spot for a development player who I don't think will be in the league for too many years, to be honest. Uh, to come, talk to me, Homicide. Well, if he is, he's the future of that organization. Mm-hmm. Fantastic job. You know, everybody has to lift when the main man goes down, and all the right people did exactly that. In the series, he averaged 11 and 7. I didn't think he'd be able to do that, and he did. But for me, the Defensive Player of the Year award, I know the vote voting has gone in already. I hope he wins it because what he was able to do in that series, he's gotten all my respect. He's not only the defensive player of the year, but he's the MVP of that series. And I'm talking about Mitch Norton. Um, We didn't know if he was going to even play in game three. So for him to tough that out and in a manner that he toughed it out at both ends, Mm. he was elite at both ends. Mind you, he was such an important piece to this organization and this team. They had the other potential defensive player of the year guarding him just as Simon was guarding him. And he was still able to get off 15 and four. 15-4-2, what he had last night. But 
Defensively, what he was able to do against who I thought could potentially be the MVP of the league, they gave him hell. You know, they had two times to get it right once, and they could not deliver. So shout out to Mitch Norton. Fantastic job, and you, you toughed it out. John Mooney, 16 and 13, he pretty much the average um, in that series. We needed him to show up and be big, and he was that. But the elite shooting at the right times for Taj Blanchfield set the tone. And um, they were on the front foot, and that's the, that's the thing about experience in finals. They played against a team that wasn't that experienced. So even without their main player, they were still able to get it done. Shout out to the Wildcats. It's so hard to continue to find the right words to describe what they do. Like, and we, we sat here prior to the season. We weren't sure how they were going to go. I, imagine they had a start of the year without Bryce Cotton. We'd be going, this team might win five games. <laughs> and, and here they are, essentially three wins away from a three-peat. Mm. They continue to do what they That do. ain't going to happen. Well... I'm telling you hang right on. now. Hang on. I, that ain't going to happen. Liam posted the video that we well, put in March. Well, hang on. That's not happening. Well, hang on. Before you go any further, right, let's before be clear. we get to Luke Travis All right. more, All right. this is what happened. We were at JD Sports. The crew was looking after us. And Homicide, as he occasionally does in public, goes into a rant. Have a look at this. Perth Wildcats with this roster win the championship. I'm getting a Perth Wildcats tattoo. <laughs> that's crazy. That would be that would be crazy. And they got the team to win it. That's crazy. They win it. I'm getting a Perth Wildcats tattoo. They ain't winning it. So ain't no tattoo gonna happen. <laughs> no you, way they win it. Where's it gonna go? Tell you what, you gotta be a little more uneasy than you were when you went spruiking back in March, though. In fact, I'll go to a ta- the best tattoo shop in Perth and get it done there. That's how confident I am. It ain't gonna happen. I'll go one step further. If you get it on your head, I'll pay for it. <laughs> this guy right here. <laughs> it's got to be somewhere visible, though. It has to be on an arm, yeah. Right you got a little bit of space there. <laughs> Let's keep the are, show going. Are, are, you a little, are you a little less confident than you were at the time when you said it? Of course not. You still think they can't win it? Of course Even not. Even though they're in the grand final? They're not winning it. Okay. Let's do a little bit of Luke Travers appreciation because I want to see some more highlights of this young gun. And, and we talk about it, and the fact is that I don't think we'll see him for a great deal of time. He's brilliant. He has blossomed before our eyes. He started, of course, in the preseason, and we weren't sure where he was going to go. Well, mm. it's, it's ended with what a remarkable game tour it was. And while, Liam, it wasn't his greatest game last night, come with the hour, come with the Travers late, <laughs> he was brilliant. He was. Um, particularly good in this game too. Double-double. Stepped up in a, in a big way and, and um, made a whole bunch of plays in really big moments for that team. And you know what's so much fun to watch about these young... I mean, he's an NBA ta- mm-hmm. prospect. Make no mistake about it. Watching guys like him and Giddy, LaMelo Ball last year, they improve so much so quickly at that, at that age if they have that level of potential. And um, he has done that over the course of this season. I mean, yes... They had him. They rolled him out as a starter at the beginning of the year, but he wasn't this. He wasn't this. No. But he has just. Um, he's just improved so much, and uh, he's uh, providing an incredible punch for them. 
has, he's playing a, a beautiful role. He's very comfortable in that position. The credit to the whole organisation in terms of Trevor Gleeson, but also the veterans on that team for the way that they've worked with him throughout the year. And um, he's come up massive in the finals. He'll get... I'm not saying they're identical players. That's not what I'm suggesting. I think he'll get opportunities because of where we sit in 2021 with the league and international players are looked at a lot more favourably than it was in the mid-90s. He'll get the opportunities that Sam McKinnon should have probably got in 94, 95, 96 when he was coming into the league and turned into one of the, the great players we've ever seen in this country. But that's, that's a much different generation, much different world, but he, he's going to get chances. And that athleticism and what he did in game two, when the game was there to be one homicide, it's good to put stats up in the middle of the regular season and have some highlights mm. to stand up when your season's nearly done without the best player in the league. That goes a long way to telling you how good that kid I'm is. I'm trying to tell you, man. This kid, got to remember, he's 19 years old. 19. You know what I mean? So the stuff that he's doing it on full display when your life is on the line, it shows a lot of character and it shows what he's really made of because when the pressure situations are there and you're in it, the cream rises to the top and salute to you, young fella. Great work. You talk about character as well. Amazing character shown by Kevin White in that game too. I mean, this is... I flagged this when Trevor Gleeson signed Kevin White in the, in the off-season and everyone said, oh, hold on, what, what are we doing here? I said, this is, this is what Trevor Gleeson does. I wrote, this is how he does business. He's always going to sign a veteran guy in that spot because in the heat of the moment, when you need a guy to come on and hold it down, mm -hmm. he needs to be ready to be able to do that. And Kevin White, 6-5-6 and six in Game 2, had to play around 25 minutes with Mitch Norton out of the game. That was a, that was a huge performance Monsters. that has gone a little under the radar in terms of how impactful it was in saving their season. In a place that he knows so well as well, on the road. Hey, let's give a little shout-out to Gorge and, and the crew because this Illawarra Hawks team, they started as the Hawks, they didn't really have much money. They barely had an ownership structure. We didn't know who was going to play. They got going. They were able to, remarkably, they played an elimination game three without the guy that we thought was going to tear the NBL up in Dang Adele. He was obviously not impactful for most of it. But they, I won't say cobbled together, but they put together a team mm. that was so fun to watch for so much of the year. That young man went to a whole new level. Tyler Harvey was great. Justinian Jessup, he was up and down at... You know, at that particular age, as you'd expect, as a next star. But in the end, they fell only really 40 seconds away from a fairy tale grand final. I'll throw it to you, Homicide, because you're on this bandwagon so much of it. You know what? This season, it's still a win for them for all of those reasons you just said. Yeah. For him to come back in the league 10, 11 years after being in Asia and take a team that was in the cellar last year, five wins, and like you said, 40 seconds away... Mm -hmm from a grand final. That's still a remarkable season with all the ups and downs they've gone through. So I just can't, um, I can't wait to see next season how they build from this because again, the experience that the young talent, the locals that he has, never been in a situation like this. So now they know what they need to do and the level they need to play at to uh, get, over the, get over the top next season. So shout out to them. Well said. I agree with all of that. It's a very successful season without a shadow of a doubt. But you know what you say about that window of opportunity. Now, I believe they will continue to improve because Brian Gordon's locked in there for the, for the long haul and he's an incredible coach and he'll have this team competing year in, year out. But they should have won this series. 
Now, would I, did I say that from the very start of it? No, I picked Perth to win 2-1. That's how it played out. But once they stole game one and they're up five midway th- through the third quarter at home with no Mitch Norton, they should have closed that out. The opportunity was right there for a grand final appearance. And they'll, no doubt, and Brian Gorgian immediately after the game had that level of perspective when he spoke to the media saying, look, it's... This Perth Wildcats team, they have just a culture of consistent excellence and they are... This Wildcats basketball um, is playoff... Built playoff tough. But they also missed a great opportunity to to make the grand final. Who would have been the guy to get it done? Because Tyler Harvey's on smash. Who's the guy to say, you know what? We're not losing this game. Who was the guy on that team? For, for Illawarra, for them to get that over the hump. Well, that was the issue. They, they had nobody. so much on Tyler Harvey. And that's the thing. So if he's on smash, who else steps up? But they had, they had um, over the course of the year, that they had a defence that was able to, in those moments, hold it down and get enough stops to keep it really low scoring and then you know, try and get the win at the end. And the Wildcats, their half-court execution in the big moments of big playoff games um, was able to to get enough done. And that's when it comes down to experience. They don't have anybody outside of the main guy who was on smash to say, you know what, we ain't losing this game. Mm. Against a team that's like, you know what, we ain't losing this game. And we've been in situations like this enough to at least in that situation against Illawarra. Lack of experience in that space. Not United, not the Phoenix. We're going to win this game. And that's what happened. And we spoke about that last week on the NBL Overtime special semi-final pod that we did, that at some moment in this series, and it played out differently than we all thought. I, I, was, I thought Perth will win game one and game three and Illawarra had their chances. They will wake up this morning, like you're suggesting, saying we, we missed an opportunity. Mm. In a couple of weeks, when the pain dissipates a little bit, as a whole organisation, I'll be like, hell of a successful season. Mm-hmm. But you're right. But a lot to grow into. And infinity, the optimism around that organisation today than it was 12 months oh, ago. I know, but those opportunities... I know. I, talks I, about I agree. All the they don't like, come I like agree. that. The Cairns Taipans were... a. A couple of minutes away from a grand final appearance last year. Well, they win five games that's the next, next year. season. And things can drop they, away very ridiculously. Quickly. As right. I say, Brian Gordon's at the helm of that yeah. club. So I, what he does is he has a team in the mix, in the finals, in those semi-final situations, year in, year after. We've seen it over the course of his long career. But it was an opportunity missed. Remarkably, the other series, we're about to find out who's going to play the Perth is remarkable. Friday night, Melbourne United oh. from the tip just put it to southeast Melbourne Phoenix. They led by 33 at some point, and this looked done and dusted. And then Sunday was huge. You got to keep in mind there was a moment in, I think it was in the second quarter, they led by nine points. United, Chris Golding had a wide open triple, missed it. They would have put them 12 yes. points up. Mm-hmm. The whole game kind of changed a little bit and Mitch Craig bullied them into a fourth quarter. And we've got a deciding throwdown in Sydney to see, one, if <laughs> Melbourne United make that grand final that so many people, us included, expect them to, or South East Melbourne Phoenix make franchise history and make their first. Homicide! 
Liam, I don't care who talks. Liam, you I'm go, science. Liam. Wow. <laughs> we are here. Game three, Melbourne, South East Melbourne, and there's feeling Whew. in this series. Yeah. Mitch Creek telling Mason Peatling, we'll see you in game three. I'm deleting the expletives mm -hmm. because <laughs> he was frothing because at the mouth. Because we don't want to kicked off TV. I Correct. That, Liam. Um, what a fight back from South East Melbourne. This is a team that people said can't defend and as a result can't win in the playoffs. In fact, most, if not everyone else, said that they won't even get there. And I told you all year long, this, they have great potential at the defensive end. Down four, six minutes to play, mm -hmm. their season on the line, Melbourne United did not score a field goal the rest of the way. Now, some of that's on them. They took rushed, bad shots. It was reminiscent of game one against Sydney in the semi-finals last year where Golding and Barlow took early shots. But down the other end, the Phoenix were able to execute Mitch Creek, nine-zip individual run as he bullied his way to the basket. Now, there was a boatload of fouls. Jock Landau fouled out in three minutes. But the Phoenix came up with the big plays. This was probably the biggest of them all. Two-point game, four minutes to play, and Mitch Creek goes bang from long range. Great First finals win in franchise history for the Phoenix and it sets the table magnificently for an everything is on the line game three. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it that two of the toughest Australian stars in this league were going back and forth. Mitch Creek and Jock Landale. I love that. Now we have a series. People pushing each other, talking a lot. We'll see you game three. Like, I don't like this nice guy stuff. That ain't basketball for me in finals. Helping you up and say something. Both of you guys are in Melbourne. Who's who? Somebody, Mel, the Phoenix don't like to be called big little brother. You know, so this is what needs to happen. This is all the ingredients. I don't know who's going to win tonight. I really don't. Can Mitch Creek lead his team again emotionally? And defensively, can they put it together? Like, when you, when you really think about this, right? Game one, when they got smacked, Mitch Creek barely played, right? So his impact wasn't really on that game. Game two, Jock Landale barely, he didn't play. So it's like both teams got wins without the biggest pieces of their teams on the court dictating what's going on. That's why I really don't know what's going to happen. And the perimeter shooting for the Phoenix, let me tell you something. You're not gonna get out of uh, you're not gonna get out of dodge with, sh with, with shooting the ball the way you did from the perimeter. So those perimeter shooters have to show up, and I want to see where Chris Golden is because I ain't seen him in two games. I've seen bits and pieces of him, mm. but I haven't seen him the CG43. I've seen Chris Golden. I need to see CG43 tonight. I'm just excited. I don't know who's gonna win. Flip a coin. I'm just gonna be happy. We're calling this game, mm -hmm. Jack. I'll see you there too. It's going down. I'm just, just flip a coin. You know what I think is really fun about this matchup as well? And, and, and the Mitch Creek, the comments to Mason Peeling and, and Jock Landale and Creek having to be separated just kind of showed a little window of it. There's, there's nothing fake about that in this series. This is real. Now, it hasn't got out of hand, and that's cool. That's mm. great. They're playing the game. There is legitimate ill feeling between these teams and I think a lot of it stems from Mitch Creek you go back to that 2018 grand final series with Adelaide that Adelaide team hated that Melbourne United team Chris Golding and Dean Vickman and everything that that group and and there was 
it was spiteful. There was, you know, they look back on that series and go, the moment they ejected Nathan Sobey midway through game three was what changed that series. We should have won it. Mitch Creek comes back. He has those comments to say when he first signs with South East Melbourne. And that feeling has bubbled up ever since. They don't like each other, these two teams, and they're going at it in a game three. I have no idea how to ter- direct TV, but the commentary team tonight and the behind the scenes play those Mitch Creek comments because we spoke about them at the time. Was when they announced Mitch Creek was so far out from the season actually starting, we were like, save those comments. And I haven't seen them since. Run them tonight because that is why I think this has the feeling, and, and I tweeted a couple of days ago, and I speak about this in all sports now, Geographical uh, rivalry is one thing, okay? So they are essentially considered by so many rivals because they're in the same town and there is an aspect of that. But real rivalry is born out of big finals games and a moment where someone gets eliminated. Maybe you stayed a little brother and Melbourne United charge on or the little brother goes, enjoy your early holiday, Melbourne United. (laughs) We're going to a grand final. And that's where the rivalry goes to the fever pitch. I know we're going back a long way, but... Magic and Tigers went to that new level because they met in grand finals back all those years ago. And I can't wait. You know, and shout out to I Keeper Sykes. Wait. Shout out to Huge. Keeper Sykes. I hope Baba's foot is okay. <laughs> I hope Baba's foot is okay. Because, listen, if they continue to guard Keeper Sykes like that off of that high screen and roll, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I don't care who's out there. They are in trouble. Well, while we're giving shout outs to people who have stood up in this series, we talked about Luke Travis, how excellent he's, he was for the Wildcats. Mason Peeling in game one outplayed Mitch Creek. He had that big physical moment under the bucket, set a tone for his team. They wiped Melbourne, uh, Southeast Melbourne off the floor. Mitch Creek bullied him in game two. Jock Landau murdered Yanni Wetzel in game one. Oh, man. I, if you want to talk about reincarnation, we saw it. <laughs> I didn't even know that could happen, Liam. He's back. You're right. He rose from the dead. Because he was... He was Close casket. I thought he was creamy. He was creamy. <laughs> it was that, you know, that meme where they're carrying the car. Yo! I'm telling you. He to, came to back. To go from there <laughs> to what he did in game two. Now, he got away with some stuff. Yanni Wetzel, some elbows and hey. whatnot around the bucket. But the physicality he brought when he ripped it along the baseline. Mm-hmm. I think Landau was on two fouls at the time. And he drew his third mm-hmm. by getting him along the baseline, backing into him and bang. Now... Could that have gone either way? Sure. But Yanni Wetzel stood up in a big, big way. His first professional season, NBL overtime zone. Exactly. Facts. Those two matchups. Can Mitch Creek bully Mason <sighs> Peatling tonight? Can Jock Landau get the better of Yanni Wetzel? Over and above the way they defend Kiefer Sykes or which guy turns up, Chris Golding or CG43, there is so much Man. to watch in this game three. Just a little lower on the whistles. Let the boys play. <laughs> Let's get to, uh, hey, now, Scotty Hobson. Mm, <laughs> I wanted to know what wow. kicks he's wearing because whatever he is wearing <laughs> is damn well working. <laughs> he hasn't been able to miss, and there you go there, all thanks to JD, the undisputed king of trainers. That's a sneaker of the week. Mm-hmm. Do you know what they are, Homicide? I know you do. PG-13s. Yeah, of course. The clip colours, of course, they're smack bang in the middle of their own playoff series. But Scotty Hobson goes bang, all thanks to JD Sports, the undisputed king of trainers. And are you ready for this? Ooh. The next oh. big thing from oh. Adidas Originals this Yeezys. week, they're dropping the latest Yeezys. <laughs> 350V, 2 and 1 play. I'm excited about 4 million different things right now. This regional release, oh limited edition pair for both men and women will be available via online raffle on the JD Australia mobile app. 
If you haven't got it, what the bloody hell are you doing? Get it right now. Hold on, online <laughs> raffle? And JD stores. Yeah, to copy your period for all release information, it's jd-sports.com.au wow. or simply download Limited the JD fire. Australia app to enter. Can never go wrong with Yeezys. No, you cannot. Uh-oh, what we got, man? Can we, can we get you a cup of tea? Can we take a break? <laughs> if we got something to throw to, you I, need a little uh, cup of tea. You know why I'm excited? <laughs> I'm courtside tonight. Oh. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the taking Brisbane Border. Taking, taking a flight. Big deep breath, just quickly. Border control, now you're taking a flight? They do. Everything good to go? Everything good to go. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh... James Duncan's the coach of the Brisbane Bullets. Mm. It was officially yeah. announced last week. We have alluded to it, so we've spoken a little bit about it. But um, <laughs> this is a this is a big get for the Brisbane Bullets and a shorter off season too. So locking the coach away earlier is always going to be an advantage. But uh, he is there, Liam. It's a big get for the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, it's a big get for James Duncan. Mm-hmm. This, this is a great job. Um, this is a you know the fan base there that they've made some noise there at the Armory. They're ready for that team to take. Another a leap and 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 go to the next level. And he's walking into an organisation that has an MVP candidate in the peak form of his career under contract in Nathan Sobey. So great situation for him. Um, very highly spoken of by the head coaches he worked under the last couple of years: Will Weaver, Adam Ford. Um, a lot of development work behind the scenes with guys like Jason Tate, Didi Lizada having a big impact in that regard. And now he gets the chance to take over his NBL team. Bit of a surprise. Bit of a surprise. I thought, you know, certainly CJ Bruton was well and truly in that mix. I mentioned Judd Flavel. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good head coach in this league at some point. They didn't go in that direction. And Jim Duncan gets this opportunity. First signature. First signature he needs. Is it, is it Vic Law? Is it Lamar Patterson? I don't know, but I know his contact list is ridiculous. Like you said, he's coached a couple of places. He was a head coach in Japan, too, and he coached when he first got his opportunity in Germany. Mm. He used to hoop overseas, and because of his back, he stopped hooping and started developing. And his coach at the time got a big head coaching job in Germany, and the, the, the club, they used to get players, like P.J. Tucker, they helped develop prior to... P.J. Tucker being P.J. Tucker we know now. Mm-hmm. And um, he's going to do well. Mm-hmm. This man is a silent assassin. <laughs> he is going to do well. I mean, think about it. We've never seen a coach, an import coach, assistant, come in. Two years he's been in this league, and now he's a head coach. That says all you need to know about James Duncan. So good luck to you. All right. Big loss for the Sydney Kings, though, must also be said, mm-hmm. as part of that organisation. And, and talking to Sydney Kings and big losses, Daniel Kickett. Mm. Uh, what, we haven't got enough time to be able to go through what a wonderful career it has been. All across the world, we've spoken so much about it. We spoke a great deal in commentary late in the season when Daniel Kickett was able to come on and get the job done. And in the end, uh, retirement, and he moves to the next phase of his life. But uh, Melbourne United, Brisbane, and, of course, the Sydney Kings locally after what has been a career all around the world including in Australian jersey as well. And uh, congratulations, mate. We are going to miss you, and the Sydney Kings are going to miss you because I thought you had a pretty good year this year. No doubt, and a uh, really good year last year. One of the best six-man yeah. uh, candidates. And um, he's been a great over the course of time. There's another guy who we only saw the last part of his career here mm-hmm. in the NBL, and yet he's left a lasting legacy. He'll go down as one of the greatest shooters in NBL history, not for his position, Ever. ever, but ever in the league. Two-time member of the 50-40-90 club, the inaugural uh, um, 
member of that club and um, he's, he's, he's going to stay involved in the game for sure. He'll be a good member of a, of a coaching staff. I imagine he's going to stay there with the Kings and um, hats off for a great career. Superstar. Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. Kicks, we are going to miss you. All right. Uh -oh. We're going to have a grand final spot decided tonight. So we're going to know who's in the grand final and it leads us to the Gazies <laughs> tomorrow night. And there we go. We can't wait for it. Uh, I will ask you first, Liam, mm -hmm. what is the uh, award you are most looking forward to when it comes to how hotly debated the Gazies are this year? Mm. Probably Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. Yeah, Corey spoke about it a little bit earlier. Mitch Norton or Justin Simon. I thought Tom Abercrombie and Sunday Detch were excellent throughout the year. It's going to come down to one of those two and, um, geez, could go either way. Most improved player would be great. That would be a great one. So just looking forward to that. And sixth man of the year. Mm -hmm. Co coach of the year for me. Mm. Like, Trevor Gleeson would... Had Shout out to Trevor up. Gleeson. He had yeah. it wrapped up in the middle of the season. They get some injuries. They lost a little bit of foot. Not much, but just a little bit. Then they get to a grand final series, which I know doesn't officially count, but he's gotten to a grand final series without Bryce Cotton, even though the, the vote's already done. Then you've got Brian Gorgian for all the reasons we spoke about. You, you've got, and I don't think he will win it, but like, you know, guys who outside of that were exceptional all year. So whoever wins it this year is going to be well and Honestly, that the highest it cannot, peak. It, it cannot not be Trevor Gleeson. I, I agree. I, I, I agree. But we have gone to the awards nights in previous years <laughs> thinking, hey, Trevor Gleeson will be coach of the year, mm. and he hasn't got it. Mm -hmm. All right. Good point. Who wins? Phoenix win wow. tonight. <laughs> Liam? Wow. Phoenix win tonight. I think Melbourne United close it out. I'm going to go one step further. Mm -hmm. Overtime. Heavyweight slugging it out. Rivalry goes to a whole new level. I think Melbourne United only just get them. Neither would surprise me. Don't go anywhere! I'm excited. Look at this. Shane Warne.